You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. In Proverbs 20, 27, it says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord of the Lord. You can put it down. Today I would like to briefly consider the essence of humanity. We can summarize the makeup of humanity as body, soul, and spirit. Or we could say spirit, soul, and body. We are body in that we have a physical body. We are soul in that we have a mind and emotions and a will. We are spirit because God designed us with a spirit in mind. And it's this area of us that was designed for God's habitation. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. It says, the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. That's body. He created humanity. He created the body. But it says that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, that spirit. And man became a living soul. Became something that was made up of body, soul, and spirit. And that soul was that mind, that intellect, that emotion. It's what distinguishes us from the animals. We are not just instinctual, but we have the power of the human will and the power of choice. And that's the soul. It was God's breath or his spirit that made humanity alive. God breathed into man the breath of life. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Spirit of man was designed in a way to be inhabited and brought to life and light by the Creator. It was God's Spirit that would give man the capacity to be a living soul. A living soul that would experience life with intellect and emotions and the capacity for choice. And this Spirit... And this soul, this will, mind, would be contained in a body. It was God's design that it would all work and thrive because of his spirit. He would breathe into man the breath of life, and man would become a living soul. 
we would be made alive by and through him. And so in Acts chapter 17, it says, for in him we live and we move and we have our being. For we also are his offspring. We exist because of and through God. We were created spirit, soul, and body. However, due to sin, death became our reality. And the spirit of man that was made alive by the spirit of God was darkened and dead. Sin snuffed out the light and the life that God had designed within man. Yet man had the capacity to function as a body and a soul. But at the end of the day, he could not live. Death was the result of the spirit of God being removed from the spirit of man because of sin. And no longer was humanity making decisions because of the spirit of God that had ignited the spirit of man, but humanity was making decisions Uh, based on their own power of their mind, their soul, their intellect, their emotions, their ability. They were living life soulishly. They were living life primarily out of the soul, the intellect, the will, and the body. Whatever felt good, whatever seemed good, whatever thought they had, whatever they wanted, they started living that way. Because the Spirit of God had went out. It wouldn't take long for humanity to become evil. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And so humanity lived by its body and its soul. So God, in his wisdom, and God, in his love, would make a way for man to once again live. Once again, to experience the breath of life. Once again, to experience the light and the life of God. And God would make it possible for his life-giving spirit to once again reignite the spirit of man. Jesus would be born. And John would say about him, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. 
Paul said of Jesus, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. It's the word soul. The first Adam became a living soul. That's all he was because of his sin, just a living soul. But the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The prophet Joel spoke of the Spirit of God coming to humanity when he said, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. The Spirit of God would once again come back to humanity Why? So humanity could find life again. Not just a temporary life, but life eternal. And the Spirit of God would give humanity not just some temporary moment on earth given in decades, but he would say, my spirit comes as it came to Adam when I breathed into him. My intention was eternity. And so the Spirit of God comes to bring life. The humanity whose spirit was darkened by sin would be reignited by the Spirit of God. So it happened on that fateful day. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Breath. Signifying that what was coming was the breath of God. And it filled the house where they were sitting, but that wasn't it. Then there appeared unto them cloven tongues or divided tongues as of fire. And it sat on each of them. Not just one of them, but each one of them. Because the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And he was signifying by that first outpouring of the spirit that his his desire is to fill you and I with his breath, with his power, with his life, and with his light. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What was happening? What was happening when breath came back in them, when breath came into the Spirit of man? Where once they had been living based on what their body said and what their mind thought. They were just living by their soul and body. But now, by the Spirit of God, that candle of the Lord breathes in them. And now, they are speaking words. Not words that they've come up with, but they've surrendered to the Spirit of God. And now... Their soul and their body is now being, being transformed and it's being used by the Spirit of God. Can I tell you today 
that you and I will always have it backwards if we try to get the Spirit of God to fit in with our bodies and our minds and our intellect and our desires and our cravings, if we try to fit the Spirit of God into what we want and what we like. God's Spirit comes not to just give us what we want, but what we need, and our bodies and our minds need the Spirit of God. We need the life power of God. And it's the light of men. So the Holy Spirit would come with cloven tongues like as a fire. And it would be Peter who after this moment, he ties it back to the prophet Joel. And he said, this is that. What you just saw, what you just experienced... That's what he was saying. I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to put my life and my light in every humanity through the power of my spirit. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And so Peter would go on. In Acts chapter 2, 38, you're probably familiar with this verse if you've been around here any time. But Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, your children, and all who are far off. This life-giving spirit is for every human on the planet. Spirit of God exists in the world to bring light and life to all humanity. And I would dare say in this room today that God has come to bring light and life to our darkened spirits and restore what sin has destroyed. Sin has destroyed a lot of things in this life. Why? Because we live soulishly and we live physically. That's how we interact with the world. And so that always leads us down a path that is not pleasing to God, nor is it helpful to us. But it's the Spirit of God that comes to bring light and life to our worlds. And what sin has destroyed, the Spirit of God can restore. What sin has destroyed, the Spirit of God can restore, but only through the Spirit of God. Not through our human endeavors, not through just psychological evaluation, but it's through the Spirit of God that is alive in us. Many of you, if not most of you, have experienced receiving the power of the Spirit just as they did in the book of Acts. That experience of speaking in other tongues that we talk about, that experience really encompasses 
our whole body, soul, and spirit. It's not just an experience that impacts our spirit and nothing else knows about it. But when we read in the book of Acts, people receiving the spirit, it impacted their emotions, their mind, their thought, and it impacted their body. They spoke in a language that they didn't even know. They prophesied. They said things. They did things because the spirit brings life to the body and soul. And so when you receive the Holy Spirit, your spirit, that place designated for God from creation, has the opportunity to be the candle of the Lord. Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And here's what I want you to understand is we have a choice on what happens to the candle. You have a choice on what happens to this candle. You have a say if the Spirit of God continues to burn in your life or at what intensity that it burns. Your body can snuff out The spirit. Your emotions. Your intellect. Your doubt. Your fear. Can snuff out the spirit of God. You have a choice. In how much the spirit of God is involved and active in your life. And so the apostle Paul points to this reality in Thessalonians when he tells them, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, holistically. And I pray, God, for your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body to be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our whole spirit, our whole soul, and our whole body. And I would submit that Paul puts it in this order for a reason. Because that's how we're meant to live life. We're meant to live life first alive by the spirit and power of God. And that spirit and power of God that's present in us should impact how I think. Think on these things. And it should impact how I live my life, how my body responds, what I say, what I do. It's not meant to be lived. My body controls my mind or my mind controls this and my mind controls the body. No, it's meant so that the spirit of God is the beginning of life. It's the beginning of all of it. And so he puts it in this order. And he says to the Galatians in Galatians 5, 6, I say then, walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We struggle with our minds and our bodies and the lust of our flesh because the Spirit of God is not the priority. We try to live the opposite direction from God, how God wanted to create us. But our spirits 
are to be the candle lit by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And when our spirit man is surrendered to the Spirit of God, it affects our minds, emotions, actions, and behaviors. And so we have a choice on what happens to the candle. We can snuff it out. We can hide it. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See what direction that runs? Let your light shine moves you to good works. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. How often though are we led by our soul and body rather than by the Spirit of God? How often do we allow our emotions and our pride and our desires control our behavior and actions? In 2021, I believe God wants to restore the spiritual man. He wants to restore the spirit of man that's in you. I want you to memorize this verse. I want you to pray this verse. I want you to believe this verse. David wrote this passage, this psalm. He faced a low time in his life. And when his soul and body, his soul and his body, his emotions, his mind, his body, committed grievous sin, He prayed a prayer in Psalm chapter 51. And I want to pull out one verse out of that great psalm. 51 verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. And herein lies what I believe is what God is wanting to do in our lives in the next several weeks, if not months, at the Calvary Church. Simply put, I want to declare God's Spirit has come to restore. God wants to restore something in you. Maybe the Spirit of God in you is not quite as fervent as it used to be. Maybe it's smoldering. Maybe it's just kind of there. Maybe it's covered with hidden things. But I'm telling you today, God wants to restore your soul and your body, but he's going to do it when you allow his spirit to come alive in him. I am believing for God to reignite our hearts with the light of his spirit. 
And I'm believing that during the month of January 2021, that there are some individuals who are going to experience an awakening, a spiritual awakening, a reigniting of your spirit and your faith. I'm not sure what this past year has done to your spiritual life, but I feel God assuring us that he wants to restore the spirit of man. I want you to consider a time in your life where you were the most on fire for God. You were the healthiest you were for God. Maybe it was a moment of prayer. Maybe it was a season in your life where you just were focused on God. Maybe it was a time when you were called to go somewhere or do something. I want you to think about that and realize that God can restore the joy of your salvation. Maybe you're here today and you would say that your faith has suffered a little bit. Maybe the Spirit of God doesn't shine as brightly as it did in previous times. Maybe your passion for God has suffered, your zeal is lacking, or your spiritual health is weak. I simply believe that God can restore the joy of your salvation and uphold you, carry you with his generous spirit. He can carry any emotional baggage. He can carry any physical issues. His spirit, spirit can uphold you. I was at a men's conference years ago, and I'll never forget it. I wrote it down. Quote from Pastor Anthony Mangan in Alexandria, Louisiana. He said, you can get as close to God as you want to get. Sounds like a simple statement, but think about it. You can be as close to God as you want to be. You have a choice in the candle. You have the choice in the spirit of man whether God is going to be alive and active in your life or you're going to shut him out and live soulishly and live physically. Or you can surrender to the spirit of God. And that spirit of God brings life and light to your mind, your intellect, your emotions, and your body. I'm believing God to restore, restore the joy of your salvation. The joy of your salvation. The joy of your salvation. Oh, hallelujah. I, I, I kind of wish that over the next month, someone might dance like they just got the Holy Ghost. And if you decide to run the aisles, the only thing we say is keep your eyes open. Some of you remember what the joy of salvation was. And when you consider it, it's long past. It's a distant memory. But I'm telling you, God's wanting to restore 
the joy of your salvation. Oh, hallelujah. Again, I got a very simple idea. What does it take for restoration to take place in your life? Here's what it takes. You have to surrender your body and your soul to the Spirit of God. How do you do that? I got some really old school ideas. Four things. Pray, fast, read your Bible, and give. Pray, fast, read your Bible, and give. Why is that? Why has that worked for thousands of years? Not just decades, thousands of years. This is what we keep going back to. Pray, fast, read your Bible, and give. Because it starts surrendering your body. It starts surrendering your mind. And you say, I want the Spirit of God to be uh, uh, dominant in my life. I don't want my mind and my intellect and my fear and my body to determine what the Spirit of God can do. So I pray, I fast, I read the Bible, and I give, saying, God, you have liberty in my life. And I'll throw you a guarantee. That you read, you pray, you fast, you give. You will have a spiritual awakening. It will happen. It's, I, I always feel bad for rocket scientists. It's not rocket science, Natalie. It's not rocket science. It's pretty simple. We have to get rid of the flesh. We have to really dismantle what the flesh is trying to accomplish in our life. And so we pray, we fast, we read the Bible, and we give. Opening, opening our life to the Spirit of God. Being visible and active in our life. And so I'm, our ushers are coming I'm coming to a close. They're not going to collect an offering. Our ushers are going to pass out a booklet. It's more like a one sheet of paper but folded, so we're calling it a booklet. They're going to pass that out quickly. I want everyone to get one. I want every child, every, every young person to get one. As we begin 2021... I am inviting you to rededicate your heart to the Lord and allow God to restore his love in your life. And so in January 2021, through prayer, fasting, reading the Bible, and giving, I am believing God to reignite the power of his spirit in each of us. So I'm, I'm encouraging you. Let's start there. I'm encouraging you to practice through the month of January these four disciplines consistently. Not like once in January. But every day if you can, consider it an encouragement. If you need it, consider it a challenge. I challenge you. Some of you need a dare, so I dare you. I dare you. 
And really, for, for a few of you, I triple dog dare you. I skip the double dog. I triple dog dare you. I dare you to start making these things a practice in your life and see if your spirit isn't restored. See if your walk with God doesn't begin to flourish. And so we begin with personal prayer, 30 to 60 minutes a day of personal prayer. If you're watching online, we'll be sending this to you in an email. But 30 to 60 minutes a day of personal prayer, write a time down. Try to commit to it as best you can. We're going to have united prayer every Wednesday night in January. We're not going to have united prayer on a Sunday night. We're going to do it every Wednesday night in January from 7.30 to 8.15. We'll have programming for kids and, and young people, so make sure you bring them, bring your family. Some of the time the young people will join us and the ministry leaders will be communicating their schedule with you from 7.30 to 8.15 in the month of January. And then on Wednesday, January 27th, starting around 9.30 through Friday, January 29th, we're going to have 72 hours of focused intercessory prayer here in this room. Of course, you can come and go as you please. There won't be a major agenda to it. But we're going to focus our attention. We're going to say, God, we need your spirit. We need your spirit to intervene. We need your power to work among us. I'm thankful my dad is scheduled to be here for that time period, and I'll be here at the church as much as I can during that time as well, just praying and believing and focusing our attention on the Lord. I'm challenging you. I'm encouraging you. I'm daring you. I'm triple dog daring you to fast. A food item or some kind of food item. I was talking to Audrey after the first service and she's, she said, Dad, I know what I'm fasting. I'm fasting vegetables. I said, good for you, baby. Whatever the Lord leads. I think I'll join you. And I think Mr. Henson will as well. But the point is that your body, that's what a fast is about. It's about the body being submitted to the spirit. So I encourage you to choose an item. Choose a day, maybe. Fast the entire day, a partial day of the week, a meal. And then I really encourage you to fast your soul. Fast media, some kind of media that feeds not your body, but your soul. Whether it's social media or news or sports or movies, whatever, I just encourage you to say, you know what? I'm going to step back from feeding my soul all the time. I'm encouraging everyone to read through the book of Acts in the month of January, 28 chapters. But I want you to read it seeing how the Spirit interacts with the church, how the Spirit moves in the church, how people prayed, how they fasted, how they gave, how they looked at the Word of God 
And I guarantee you, you read through the book of Acts with that kind of lens, your faith is going to be increased. And finally, I challenge you to give. Give of your time, give of your talent, and give of your treasure. You have something to offer. So I, commit, I, I challenge you to, to commit to belong locally by being in a life group. I will tell you we're not doing life groups at the beginning of this year. We're going to wait till the spring and hopefully be able to have them there. But I want you to commit to that. Commit your time to coming every Sunday. Commit your time to United Prayer and to Growth University and, and growing in the Word of God. Commit time to sharing your testimony with others and inviting people to church. You view church differently when you expect somebody to be here. Changes the dynamic of your relationship with God when you start having to pray for people who are new in Christ. I challenge some of you to, to commit to teach a Bible study this year. Give of your time. Give of your talent. If you're not on a ministry team, I encourage you to do that. And I challenge you to give of your treasure. Be faithful in giving your tithe, your offering. I made this statement in the first service, so I feel like I have to make it in the second. I'm pretty sure I heard Brother Pasley say it. Maybe not. Maybe I'm making it up. But we get, we get to blame him sometimes. But if God doesn't provide your needs and you've tithed in January, I will give you back your tithe. Because I believe it that strongly and I've witnessed it over and over and over again. I see the people who tithe in this church consistently. I don't look at it every week, but when I do see it, I see lives that are blessed. Not just financially, but I see lives with a trajectory on the things of God. And I challenge you, I encourage you, I dare you, I triple dog dare you to tithe, to give an offering. And you watch, you watch God provide. We're not going to do a public sign up, but I want you to share this piece of paper. I want you to write on it. That's for you. But maybe you share it with a spouse. Maybe you share it with a friend, a family member. Take a picture of it, text it, and encourage one another in this process. Because January 2021 has the potential to be a landmark month for some of you. It has the potential to change the trajectory of your year. And for some of you, it will change your life. But we need the Spirit of God to be active. We don't need our flesh directing us anymore. We don't need our bodies stirring us. We don't need our souls leading us. We don't need our emotions driving us. We don't need our desires motivating us. What we need is the Spirit of God. We need to make room for the Spirit of God to shine bright in our lives. So Paul said in Romans 8, 13, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, 
you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Would you stand with me this morning? I feel a restoration movement. I believe God can restore relationships during this time. You've been living out your relationships in the context of a lot of flesh. What would happen if you loved like the Spirit loves? What if you live like the Spirit lives? What if you happen in your relationships to talk like the Spirit talks? It would change the dynamic of relationships. I believe purpose can be restored. Callings that have been dormant. Passions that have fallen out of focus. Stir up the gift. And I believe some of you are going to find a spiritual renewal, an awakening, a restored faith. So I'm praying that in the next 30 days, that God would allow his spirit to be poured out. This is kind of a unique service, of course, and message, but one of the things I felt the Lord just encouraged me to say to you, I'm believing that in the month of January that most of you will be refilled with the Holy Spirit. Just like you were filled the first time. That you'll have a moment. Maybe it'll be in this service. Maybe it'll be in this sanctuary. Maybe it'll be in a private place of prayer. But all of a sudden you're overwhelmed by the Spirit of God. And you begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I'm believing for God to restore the joy of your salvation. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.